Hi, my name is Monty Rowland. I'm with Simply Us Farm in North Carolina. It is May of 2023. Simply Us Farm is a small farm located in the Piedmont of North Carolina. Simply Us Farm, it's really a, a prototype. Wanting to accomplish several things with the farm and Really, when we started, I didn't have a clear vision of, of where our endpoint was with the farm. So we, we took this forward plunge, wanting to accomplish several things. I want to use the farm as a way to pay it forward. And by that, we want to benefit the community and the people around us. And that's an important priority for the farm. When we started the farm, I wanted to pay it forward by helping people improve their food security. So the farm becomes its platform for doing that. We've had aspects of the farm that we've used as a community garden, or we've run as a community garden, and we've had families that have joined us. It's been a wonderful experience. I think there's been a lot of learning. I think there's been a lot of community building within the group that's been on the farm. And we've shared the harvest. So that's been wonderful. There's also a, a side hustle aspect of the farm in that what can we do to create a product that people love that is also healthy for them? So that's kind of that second thing we wanted to do is to help improve that food security. And part of that means that we've got to have a way of producing food. So one of that assumptions would be that the farm would be, we would pay it forward on one side, on the other, we'd have some sort of commercial operation that helped people be healthier. So that's been a uh, challenge, figuring out how to do that. Farming in America has been spectacularly successful on a large scale to the point where the price of food is actually historically amazingly low because of this large-scale farming. And without diving too deep into the, the downside of the way we farm, that's driven food prices down to the point where small farms, these local communities, smaller farms, have to charge multiples more of price to actually even barely break even because they don't have that massive economy of scale. And I think this is something that's not good for our culture, our society, our, our country. That leaves us reliant on these very large farms and their practices. I think there are better practices that small farms can use, and big farms could too. But small farms tend to be the farms that are looking at it from a regenerative standpoint, a permaculture standpoint. The downside is that the price of the products is much higher. There's a large difficulty in running a farm and actually keeping it going because it's difficult to make it profitable. So this is a, this challenge that I was trying to work through for the past couple of years. And what do we do with our farm in a way that can at least pay for itself? Now, I'm employed. I'm, I do new product development. I'm a mechanical engineer. And so I'm fully employed during the week. So the farming operation is something that occurs on Friday afternoon and Saturdays. So that also limits what we do. So we couldn't be a traditional vegetable farm. So we've tried to look at other areas. And I've also said that 
what I want to do is apply my innovation skills. And part of my job at work is to is to do things like lead brainstorming sessions and and gather information and help develop products and also provide industrial design services at work. So I'm very much enmeshed in the whole product development world, which I dearly enjoy. So what we've tried to do is to say, okay, how can we be innovative on the farm? I had this opportunity to take this class for work from IDEO that's called Insights for Innovation. In this class, we cover how do we develop empathy for the customer, you know, kind of this path of observe, interview, and develop insights. So what I'd like to do today is to share three of the insights that I've developed. These insights have come about as the result of doing observations, interviewing, and then stepping back and, and walking through what the data points I've learned, and then kind of brainstorming, what are these innovations that I'm seeing? What are these? What am I seeing? The three starts out with the first one being tyranny of distance. Our farm is about an hour from Apex, North Carolina, Cary, a little more than an hour from Raleigh. It's hour and a half from the edges of Charlotte. It's 30 minutes from Ashboro, which is a smaller town. But as far as larger urban centers, we're more we're roughly an hour plus away. So there's a tyranny of distance. So one of the things that we learned in doing the interviews is that there's a pattern of life, and we're going to come back to pattern of life in a second, but and so people are busy. And what most people aren't willing to do is to drive an hour to pick up squash. Now, we don't sell vegetables, so that's fine. So that fits in. But at the same time, if you're going to go pick elderberries, which we do grow, you're not going to drive an hour, spend 20 minutes picking elderberries, and drive an hour back probably, unless you really, really want elderberries at that point. So there's that tyranny of distance because one of the things that we found is that a lot of people like the idea of buying from a farm because they can go to the farmer's market on Saturday or they can stop on the way home at this roadside stand. That fits into that. That doesn't have that tyranny of distance. You know, we're used to going to the grocery store, which is less than five minutes away. We're used to going to the farmer's market downtown. We're used to stopping at that roadside stand. But here's a farm that's an, that's an hour away from a major urban center. So how does that work? So that tyranny of distance is something that is a challenge and that it's important to people buying food. We found in our interviews and our observations that it's at a location that's convenient, which is one of those things that's kind of um, obvious unless you have a farm and you're trying to make it work and you have preconceptions like I do. That tyranny of distance then led to actually, or understanding the tyranny of distance led to a deeper understanding of what customers want. And that's important because that distance kind of, we want to have insights that are not obvious, but at the same time, I had to change my perspective and pivot and go, okay, this really is a problem for people. One of the things I saw was that there seems to be this distance of at 20, up to 20 minutes, it's no big deal. I'm going to drive 20 minutes and go pick blueberries. At 45 minutes, it seems that most customers look at that and say, 
okay, it's a 45 minute drive. I need to make a day trip out of this. This needs to be a day long experience. And so we're kind of quantifying some of this in that if we're 20 minutes away from an area, then maybe we can get someone to come out for the app for a few minutes. If we're more than 20 minutes away, then we've got to look at it as the customer is. And they're thinking, this is something that's a day trip. This is going to occupy a lot of my day. So it needs to have value. But what else can I do as part of that? So that kind of falls into this pattern of life insight, which is the second insight. And that insight is where our customers are looking for a way to buy food that fits into their life. Which Now, that's, that's one of those things that's obvious. But so let's drill down a little deeper. So what we want to, what I want to do is to say, okay, what does that mean? Pattern of life in one case interacted with was every day he drives by a farm stand, and that farm stand is local farm sells vegetables, sells fruit, sells what have you. So he drives by that, so he sees it every day, and that's that's part of his commute. So now he can easily a lot of days, pull over, takes a couple of minutes to get off the road, get into the farm stand, make a selection, talk with the farmer, or talk with whoever's selling the product to him, the, the food to him, put it in his car, go home. Has a wonderful experience. And we found that people really want to know where their food came from. So in this case, I, I've started to build this context or the story of how he stops and then he can buy what he'd like to that day take it home cook it so that's valuable for him to be able to do that another story that i heard was a lady who loves gardening and her family she grew up with a big garden and so it was important to her family and so she felt like that a 45-minute drive or longer is fine, but it's not something she's going to do on a regular basis. So it's kind of the opposite of the other story with the farm stand. So what she wanted to do was to make a day of it. So in this case, maybe she's going to go pick, I don't know, let's say elderberries. Well, maybe she wants to go to a class while she's there and also learn how to preserve that or how to make something with it. So now she's not only harvesting her elderberries or buying her elderberries, she's also learning what she can do with it. And then in this case, she wants to bring her kids and her family along. As she's in that class, what's her family doing? So now all of a sudden, she wants this experience wrapped around it, which also becomes a valuable experience for her family for a couple of ways. One is that they learn more about the food that they're eating, where it comes from, but then at the same time, they're interacting together and they're interacting with the farmer and the farm. So there's a whole lot going on at once that goes way beyond the value of, of a basket full of elderberries. So they've developed a memory, they've developed a skill, and they've worked on their, their interpersonal relationships and the family has grown because they've spent time together. And then also, too, they've gotten more confident in that particular food they're eating because they saw how it was grown. They saw they met the farmer, maybe they 
interacted with the people on the farm. So there's a comfort there as well, and that fit in with the pattern of life. So in one case, someone has a quick stop. Another case, they want to make a day trip out of it. And so how do we fit into that pattern of life is very, very important. And I heard that similar statements from other folks that that, that pattern of life is important. And one lady described that there's nowhere near her where she can buy from a farm within less than two hours. And so that was a real struggle because she grew up with a garden and and she wants to have higher quality food that's more nutritious, then where does she get it? So that's a case where there's nothing within two hours of her and that that she can find at least, and that doesn't fit within her pattern of life. And so that's a deeper understanding which was really valuable for me. The other thing that kept coming up again and again was this concept of roots. This is something that I observed and came out in interviews. And so the concept of roots has a couple of different aspects to it. That, and as I've listened to people's stories about their, their memories and what has got them or what has got them interested in healthier food, that kind of has gone back to a couple of areas. I've heard multiple stories where people grew up and their parents had a garden. And so they would go out and work in the garden with their parents. And that has really informed and motivated them later in life to know where their food comes from. Not only, you know, you go to the grocery store, it comes from 3,000 miles away. But the stories I'm hearing is that people want to know where is it coming from? How's it grown? Who's growing it? And I saw this at the farmer's market. Standing at the farmer's market, people were smiling and having animated conversations with the farmers as they're buying food. And so in a lot of ways, they're getting this peace of mind. So they're they're putting down these roots, these emotional roots, and I guess intellectual as they learn more about how things are farmed and grown and how it gets to them. But they're putting down these roots, small roots, let's say, with the farm, because it's a short interaction, they buy a few things, but there's this attachment. And so they become part of that process of growing food. And then they're also laying the roots for their their kids because they're bringing home this food or their kids are with them. They're meeting the farmer. The kids are understanding more where it comes, their food comes from. And so their emotional attachment, their roots, that's all a positive win. And that's important. And so I'm here, I heard those stories, saw those interactions occur. And so that whole concept of, of roots being tied to food is, I think, a, a very important thing to a lot of people. I know it has been to me in my life. And so that's another thing that I saw and observed. And I think that as a farm, one of the things that we need to do is that we need to meet that need, meet that desire in terms of making sure that we're transparent in what we do and that that as the farmer, I'm accessible and as the, I guess and my wife is accessible and that we're happy to answer questions and, and show people how we farm to teach and that fits right in with one of the one of the goals of our farm was to teach we want to teach people we want to help them improve their food security we can't grow enough food on our small farm that we work on on the weekends to feed the community but what we can do is help motivate 
and teach so that people seek out places they other places they can get high quality healthy food but also learn how they can grow their own and then also learn how they can preserve their food how do they interact with this web of farms that we have around us and so if they learn that they can buy a bushel of squash and preserve them and we teach them how to preserve that squash through canning or freezing then all of a sudden they can buy squash when the farmer needs to sell the squash because food off the farm is perishable so they can buy products the farmer really wants to sell in a timely manner but instead of worrying about buying just enough for tonight they can say hey i want to buy a bushel of squash because i'll just go ahead and can it because we've helped teach them how to do that or freeze it so they know they can do that so they can save money the farmer has an outlet for that food and then at the same time they're putting down those roots at the local farms that they do business with and then also too they're putting down those roots for their kids as their kids see this whole process their kids learn to be more self-reliant they learn that how to do these things so they learn these skills that they can then pass along to their kids at the same time, they're getting healthier food and their food security is improving. The tyranny of distance problem, which in a way becomes a solution space because I'm not looking at it as a problem. Instead, I'm saying, okay, we have a tyranny of distance here, but what does that mean? So our solution space switches from something where someone's going to drive to the farm to pick something up to becoming an experience or developing a way to move those products to the to to Raleigh or Apex or Cary or Charlotte. So that that opens up a solution space for us that we can put solutions into because we understand now we we have this solution space and that space is that we've got to we've got to deal with the tyranny of distance as part of our farms operations. The pattern of life there again it opens up a s space for us to understand how we can fit into that pattern of life either on a, a daily basis where we move food to someone or on an experience day trip type basis where we have people come to the farm and they're looking to be there for several hours. And maybe also too, we connect them with other farms or other experiences. The North Carolina Zoo is not far from our farm. So maybe there's an opportunity there, a space where how do we not only involve our farm, how do we involve other organizations? How does that fit in? Some of those may be non-farming organizations. You've got your family, you go to the zoo for the morning, you stop at our farm on the way home, you pick your elderberries, and, and you head home. So you've had this wonderful experience during the day. Maybe instead of going to the zoo, maybe we teach class. Uh, you know how it says. It also suggests too that we need to re rethink how important our farm tours are, our classes. How does all that work? And then the other thing, just kind of circling back, is is how do we help our commu local community, our customers, our our friends of the farm? How do we help lay those roots down? How do we how do we give them uh, an environment, a context where they can build those roots for themselves. How do we enable that? So those are the insights I've learned. It's been a wonderful class. I've learned so much. The other thing too that I think is important with our farm is that I've looked at the farm from the beginning, much as the way 
I would a sketch. So for my job, when we're creating a new product, I'll sit down and I'll make sketches. I make these sketches of what the product could look like, the context it could be in. And the same thing with the farm. So our farm, for me personally, is this giant sketch. But instead of using a pen and pencil and marker, instead what I'm using is a tractor. And that tractor is preparing the ground and getting that going. And then uh, the trees and the bushes that we plant, those are dots on the page. So the tractor's making the lines and the trees and the bushes are making the dots and the circles. And, and so it's this giant prototype sketch. So I'm, I'm making a sketch on the farm with the tractor, with the trees, with the bushes. And then we're putting all that together as a prototype to see what it looks like, to see where we go. For me, I'm having to do this as part of the learning process. So as the farm grows, I learn. My wife learns, we both learn, we walk through this together. We grow, the farm grows, and then our community that surrounds the farm and interacts with the farm grows. And it, it's a, it's a, a journey and and we're going to make mistakes we're going to make we're going to probably do things wonderfully and other things we're going to make mistakes but we've got to move forward and try these things and fail fast to know where we want to end up as we go forward and for me for our farm it's really not the end point it's the journey and so the journey's been wonderful we've put trees down knowing that hey maybe that tree's in the wrong place and I've always said that if I put a tree in the wrong place, I've got a chainsaw. And it's not as much as I want to throw my work away. It's that I'm willing to take the risk of planting a tree or a bush and then realizing, hey, that, that particular tree or bush, that cultivar doesn't live well in this area. We've got to replace it with something else. But at the same time, by putting those trees, those bushes, by planting those crops, we're finding out what works what works in our pattern of life, what, you know, what fits in with our roots and fits in with our tyranny of distance as far as how far we live from the farm. So we're, we're trying out these things, we're experimenting, and we're making that sketch, and we're, we're doing these things and seeing where they go, and it's, it's a wonderful journey. At the same time, I have to be flexible, we have to be flexible to pivot as needed. So we may find out that, hey, this was a, a really bad idea by planting these trees or these bushes here. What do we do? Can we move them? Do we have to just get chainsaw out? But at the same time, we wouldn't have had that information if we didn't build that sketch, build that prototype and go forward. And so I think what we're finding is that a lot of stuff, as we get more data, We've done a lot of good stuff and some stuff well, will change. We'll, we'll plow some areas up and try something different. And that's part of that experimentation, part of that failing fast and part of the product development process. So I hope that this has been beneficial. I hope that sometime you can come visit our farm. We've had a lot of fun with the farm and we love to teach. And I'm glad that you listened in today. This is Monty Rowland, Simply Us Farm, signing off.